0: The following is a message at Living Savior Church in Asheville and Hendersonville, North Carolina. To learn more, go to lsavior.org. I think roughly 50% of homes have some version of the same sign hanging. Maybe you can picture this sign too. If I had to guess, Hobby Lobby has the majority of the market share on these signs there written in pen or calligraphy with, fa- with fancy letters, maybe paint on wood or metal on the sign, hanging above the kitchen or the entry to your home is the sign, it says blessed, or thankful, grateful, blessed, or bless this mess, some version of that sign. And it makes good sense why so many people own these signs, right? And why they hang them in their homes too. When you're at home, that's a place where you can see many of the gifts and blessings that God has given you. But can you imagine with me that same sign posted over the doorway to a dilapidated shack? Maybe hanging above a homeless home, something that someone's made a makeshift tent or place to stay the night. Wouldn't that wouldn't that seem a little bit backwards? A little bit Opposite of what we were expecting to see, wouldn't it seem foolish to put up a sign like that? Blessed? Blessed with that mess? Blessed with so much neediness? Or what about that same sign posted above a hospital room or a room where someone is in hospice care? Would you expect to see the word blessed there? Or what about blessed printed across the t shirt of a teenager? who's constantly bullied, would you consider that person blessed? Or maybe you see it online when someone shares a post about how they showed kindness to someone else only to be steamrolled and taken advantage of, ending the whole post with hashtag blessed. That would seem contradictory and confusing, right? Normally we only expect to see that word blessed when things are going well. But what if I told you that in Scripture today Jesus tells us that even when the situation looks like many of these, we can call ourselves blessed, blessed even with far greater blessings. How? Well, maybe there's more to being blessed than what meets the eye. As we look at these words from Jesus that we read just a little bit ago from Matthew 5 they're often called the Beatitudes, which is an old word that simply means blessed. They're part of this longer sermon that Jesus is sharing called the Sermon on the Mount. There, as Jesus is preaching, he has his disciples gathered around him. And then there's also these other followers of Jesus behind them too. It's like Jesus is gathering in a huddle to tell his disciples what the world will be like. And those people behind the disciples, they get to listen in too. And you and I, we get to overhear what he's saying to his disciples as well. And what do you hear? Is it what you expected to hear? It's kind of the opposite, isn't it? Jesus is telling his disciples that when they're in all these different awful situations, when times look really tough, then they can call themselves blessed. And here's the thing. When you're in those situations, Jesus calls you blessed too. But isn't this opposite of the way that the world normally looks at things? And oftentimes how we look at things too. I don't think you have to think too hard about this one. If I were to ask you if you'd prefer to be poor or rich, I can probably guess what your answer would be. You'd prefer to be rich. No one wants to be poor. When you're completely poor and needy, you have to rely on someone else to help you. Think about that family living in a lean-to or a dilapidated shack with the sign BLESSED posted above the top of it. How could they call themselves blessed? Isn't that backwards? Normally we think of the people who are blessed as the ones who have the biggest and nicest cars or the biggest houses. But does that always work? Does measuring what it means to be blessed according to the world's standards always pan out? Even if you're able to get all these things, do they always last? Does it always work to measure being blessed in this way? And what about if you were to lose something? In that moment, would you call yourself blessed? Or even more so, what if you were to lose someone, mourning by the graveside or the bedside of someone that you love. Certainly the world wouldn't call you blessed then, and it would be hard to see how you're blessed in that situation too. Mourning, recognizing the pain of loss in your own life. Maybe if you can go without losing someone for a long time and avoid loss forever and ever, then you can call yourself blessed. But can you always do this? Can you go your whole life without losing anyone or anything? Does this always work? Does seeing life as blessed in this way always pan out? And the world would say the best way to get blessed and to get ahead is to think about yourself first. Look out for me first. When you start putting others ahead of yourself, that's when you open up yourself to getting taken advantage of and maybe you'd even lose some of the things that the world considers blessed. You hear stories about people who help out a new coworker, showing them the ropes, befriending them, only to be backstabbed later and passed up for a promotion. Certainly you wouldn't call yourself blessed when you showed kindness in that situation, would you? It would really be difficult. Or if you did have the upper hand, maybe the world would consider you blessed then too. In that situation, you can take advantage of what's going on. Someone else's loss is your gain. You can kick them when they're down to get ahead, to show mercy there, to show kindness. Many would see that as foolish, naive, and inexperienced. But does looking out for yourself first, just taking advantage of the situation of others and their struggles, does that always get you ahead? Can you always stay ahead? Does it work to be blessed in this way always? Here's the thing. So often what the world considers blessed is the opposite of what God actually tells us is blessed. So often we measure what it means to be blessed by the wrong scale overall. What we see with our eyes, what we see the world telling us is blessed isn't what God calls blessed at all. And haven't you noticed that all those things fade away? In the end, they don't last at all. And by the world's standard, what it means to be blessed, you have to do everything. You have to work hard to get ahead and to beat out others. But does that always pan out? And even if you are able to win, to get ahead, to get everything good, does that always last? The world would say the best way to be blessed is to avoid pain and loss and, and get ahead. But even if you have all those things, don't they eventually go away? Money can be lost in an instant. Loved ones might pass away or walk away from your life. And having the upper hand, looking out for yourself first, well, someone else can do that to you too. But Jesus completely flips upside down our understanding of what it means to be blessed. He shows us a reality where everything's the opposite of what the world expects to see. And that in itself is a blessing because not everyone can have the same blessings by the world's standards. And those things don't last forever either. Jesus shows us that when it comes to being blessed, it's never relied on ourselves and what we're able to do, but only and completely on the promises of God, Jesus, and what he has done for you and what he has given you. He has given you a heavenly home and blessings that last forever. Even in these situations where things seem terrible, the opposite of what the world would want, those people in those situations, maybe even you can call yourself blessed. That family in a worn down home, poor, they can consider themselves rich, rich with the riches of the kingdom of heaven that Jesus promises them that person who's mourning, they have the promise of comfort in the presence of their God. Jesus shows us that God works in a way opposite of what the world expects to see. And when you're in these situations too, God calls you blessed. Even when the world sees you as backwards, God calls you blessed. Jesus promises that these blessings will never fade away. You have complete assurance of these promised things in the kingdom of heaven. Look at what Jesus says. He says it over and over again. Blessed are they. Blessed are these people. Blessed are you when you are poor. Poor? Poor in spirit? Well, when you're completely poor, you rely on someone else for help. For those who are poor in spirit, they rely completely on God. To those who are poor, Jesus promises the riches of the kingdom. Hungry, thirsty, waiting and wanting for everything to be made right, to be made whole. To those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, Jesus promises the kingdom of heaven. He promises that they'll be filled in every way when they're in the presence of their loving God, righteous in every way. Mourning at the graveside, at the side of the bed of a loved one, Jesus promises comfort. Even if you don't feel the tears stop on this side of heaven, you will have comfort both now and in the life to come as you're reminded that Jesus will comfort you for all of eternity. Maybe you've been in that situation where you were down and out and someone kicked you when you were down, or you were taken advantage of for showing someone else mercy. Even then, God works in a way opposite of what we expect. To those who show mercy, To those who are taken advantage of for showing kindness to others, Jesus promises them the blessings of the kingdom, mercy, kindness, and love. How do all of these things become yours? How do all these things that seem opposite and backwards to us actually exist? Well, God brings them to you in a way opposite of what the world expects, too. Look at the one who calls you blessed. Didn't he live a life that looked like this? And not only that, but he completely assures you of all of these blessings that he gives you. He became the lowest of the low to give you these blessings of the kingdom of heaven. Righteousness, holiness, a home with God forever. And doesn't this view of the kingdom of heaven kind of shift the way you view your life in this world a little bit? Doesn't it give you a different perspective now? Maybe you've had an experience like that, where your perspective was changed for the first time. Maybe on your first flight, you buckled yourself into the seat carefully. You listened to the flight attendant to follow all of those instructions about safety that normally after that, maybe you didn't listen as closely to. As the plane started to take off, you were probably nervous. But as it left the ground, if you looked out the window, what did you see? People down on the ground looked like tiny ants. And all of the buildings and the houses and the cars, they looked like little toys on the ground. After that flight when you landed, maybe your perspective was changed. Maybe you saw life in a whole new way and felt a little bit small. Or maybe it's as simple as getting a new pair of glasses. When you get a new pair of glasses, doesn't the world look a little bit different? Aren't you able to see everything in a new way, crisp, clear, and focused? With this view of the kingdom of heaven, we look through a new heavenly lens now. We see the world in a whole new way. We see that the things that the world discards as backwards and empty, God sees those things as things that are blessed. As you see these words from Jesus at the end of the text, you see that he's shifting his focus all of a sudden too. He's no longer talking about all these people in different scenarios, different things that might happen. Now he's pointing at all of those disciples in front of him and the people behind them and to you too. Now he's talking to you with one more blessed that seems to be the most backwards one of them all. Jesus says, blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you. Jesus is sharing with you that when you go through persecution, your view of the kingdom of heaven will not fade away. He isn't just saying that pain is gain and that you should run headlong into persecution. And so often don't we try to avoid pain, taking Tylenol or or stretching before we exercise to avoid injury? But Jesus is reminding us that when, not if, when you face persecution, your view of the kingdom of heaven will still be there. You have a promise that will never fade away from your savior, a promised home in his kingdom. Look at the prophets, for example. Who are they? Why is Jesus talking about them? Well, if you page through the Old Testament and look at the stories of any of these prophets, you'll see people who went through hardships for the kingdom of heaven. Some of them were beaten, imprisoned. People opposed them because of their preaching of the word of God. Some of them even were imprisoned or killed because of their faith, and and why? Because they too held on to that promise of the kingdom of heaven. Their view was focused heavenward. They saw that all the things in this life were fading away and they had one promise that would last forever, The promise of a home with their God. And as you await that heavenly kingdom, doesn't your view of this world look a little bit different too? Might this upside-down way of looking at the world cause you to live in a backwards way too? Might it cause you to let go of a grudge that you hold against someone? To show them mercy instead? Might it cause you to be content with what you have instead of pushing to get more and more? Might it even cause you to stand up under persecution when people mock you for your faith because you have your eyes focused on the kingdom? What if that happened at work? What if a coworker, a friend, someone you talked to for a long time suddenly found out about your faith and they no longer wanted to talk to you anymore? Now this person, instead of talking to you, talks behind your back, making your work life impossible. Now, if they do talk to you, it's to make fun of you and to give you a hard time about your faith. With your eyes focused on the kingdom, maybe even then you'd show that person kindness and love because of that, because of the fact that you are remembering the kingdom that waits for you. So what if this backwards way of looking at the world, what if this upside down way of viewing things is actually picture of a life that is blessed? What if a life where everything falls apart in front of you is still a life that you can call blessed? What if mourning at the bedside, at the graveside, is still something that Jesus calls blessed too? What if even when you face persecution, pain, and hardship, you can call yourself blessed? Because being blessed is more than just a slogan printed on a t-shirt. It's more than just a sign to hang above your kitchen. It's more than just a hashtag to add at the end of a post. Being blessed relies completely on the promises of your God because Jesus has called you blessed. Blessed with the promises of heaven that will never fade away. He calls you blessed. Amen.